0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Laymarca podcast. This is an intro episode and scratches the surface up to what's to come. In the future, we'll have artists, guest artists, tattoo clients, share stories, listen to stories, give some tips and tricks, and maybe even do some product review. Thank you again. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello.
1: Hi. Welcome to uh, Le Marca. Um, This is our podcast we're putting together. I'm Michael Tejeda, and I'm here with Adam Chido. Hello and welcome.
0: Uh, Thank you for listening to the first episode of Le Marca Podcast. I believe we are the only tattoo podcast based in Minnesota thus far.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Adam and I were kind of hanging out at the shop one day, you know, shooting the breeze, and... Figured, let's start a podcast. And so here we are, what, maybe a couple months later? Yeah. At this point, I think. Yeah, about that. So we took the first step.
0: <laughs> it's not easy, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So I guess uh, some things that people who are going to listen to this podcast can look forward to uh, would be the obvious um, us talking nonsense back and forth, uh, hopefully interviewing some really cool upcoming artists and artists that have been around that are well established.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know we've, we've kicked around some ideas and we kind of want to really make this all inclusive to where, you know, we're talking to other artists. We're talking to, you know, people that are in the scene, such as vendors and distributors and stuff like that, as well as just people who like to get tattooed. I mean, we wouldn't be here without them. So, I mean, it's important to include them and then yeah, I know we've talked about, um, you know, anything from like tech talk to product reviews to maybe getting some apprentices on that are going through apprenticeships and maybe comparing and contrasting them to people who went through apprenticeships years ago. and
0: How they differ now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Um, Adam and I kind of have a nice contrast because he uh, he came up the old way. But he really enjoys doing kind of like the the newer stuff and tattooing with realism and stuff like that. Where I feel like I've came up the new way, but I really enjoy the older way. <laughs> so that's a good that's a good way to
0: put it. Yeah, it's an yeah.
1: interesting dynamic we have. So it's I'm definitely excited for uh, interviews with you know older artists that have been around for twenty plus years. So um,
0: and pure artists as well, painters, people who draw, right. people who do sculpture. Um, just art in general, I think it's going to be really good, you know, and then even reaching as far as to discussing what it's like to be in a relationship with an artist, tattoo artist, painter, or otherwise. Um, I think those situations can be very unique and present different, different hurdles throughout life. Be kind of good to talk about some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially nowadays where it seems like in the creative field, people are either really going with like graphic design or they're trying to get into tattooing. It seems like those are the two kind of most profitable avenues of art as opposed to, you know, trying to become a Jackson Pollock or a Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> um just seems like a much harder field to break into. I mean, I know you've gone to art shows and stuff at the MIA and even you've come back and said like that's a whole different beast that world. So
0: absolutely. It absolutely is.
1: Yeah, we definitely just wanna start and focus on Minnesota based artists and and kinda expand expand from there and see where this takes us. It's definitely gonna be a journey but I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. I'm too it's uh I think there's a lot of artists in Minnesota that people just don't know about that do phenomenal work. And hopefully we can kind of use this as a platform to reach people and give some
0: exposure to people. So more information for future artists.
1: Yeah. And hopefully this will, you know, help people who want to get tattooed know what they're looking for. Just help promote better tattooing and better tattoo culture within the state of Minnesota.
0: Answer some questions for the, the general consumer or somebody who hasn't been tattooed yet.
1: And just say some dumb shit on a recording. So. Can't go wrong with
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I suppose we can start with uh, giving a little bit of uh, info about both of us. Uh, uh, if you'd like to go first, Michael.
1: Not it, dude. It's oh, you.
0: Boy. Oh boy. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> my name is Adam Chido. Um I am 37 years old. I've been tattooing for 57 years. <laughs> I have uh, a
1: swollen lymph node. (laughs) I have a swollen lymph node. (laughs) Uh,
0: It hurts when I pee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I've been uh, been Minnesota-based my entire life. Uh, I have spent a great deal of time traveling, uh, tattoo conventions all around the country, around the world, art shows around the country, art shows around the world. I've been very privileged to have uh, good experiences to contrast against my own, uh, here locally. Um, I started tattooing, uh, in 2000, right out of high school, I got a traditional apprenticeship. And during that time, I basically worked at a shop for free while I held a third shift job at UPS. And I did that for almost four years. It was about three solid years of that. It was uh, complete hell. So it really, really makes me appreciate what, what I have today.
1: I guess what initially drew you to tattooing? Like, was it something you've seen? I mean, you see, hear a lot of people they are like, oh, you know, I got my first tattoo and that was it, which was kind of, it was kind of what, what happened to me. It was like, I was getting tattooed and then it's like, okay, I, I really like the culture. I really like you know, this industry. So let's try it out. But I mean, for you, what what was the moment when you're like, I need to be a part of this?
0: It, it was seeing tattoos on my relatives who were military. Um, you know, I really, I, w- I was struck by the fact that once it was in the skin, it was in the skin at a, at a really early age. I couldn't have been more than five or six, you know, and I can vividly remember seeing um, uh, a Panther tattoo on my uncle's arm. Hell yeah. And just being totally, Flabbergasted, just like, what is this? You know, like, it, you know, and I remember asking him, you know, like, what is it? And he was like, it's a tattoo. And I was like, wow, I was really fascinated with it. And, you know, then the next question was, well, how do you take it off? How does it come off? You know, he's like, it doesn't, it's permanent. And that really stuck with me even to this day where it was like, what? Like, this can, right. What is this? Like, why doesn't anybody talk about this? Who knows? You know, and then just, I can remember uh, one of the biggest instances was I was on a fishing trip with my grandfather. We were on his boat and our lines got tangled up and he was like, let me get the lines. And he reached over and he put his arm all the way towards the end of the line and his sleeve pulled up. And I saw the gigantic eagle and emblem for his time spent in the Navy during World War II, like one of those traditional World War II tattoos. And right away, I remember saying to him, "Like, Grandpa, you got a tattoo." And he pulled his sleeve down right away. Like, How do you know what that is? You didn't see nothing. Yeah, and I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old at the time. But it, it, you know, I just I remember like, oh, and it kind of scared me a little bit. So it was kind of a I don't know, it was just a really weird sequence of events. And you know, in in middle school, going to Barnes and Noble and seeing the tattoo magazines and just again, just being blown away, but wow, people can do this kind of art. And I had always kind of sketched and drew and, uh, you know, played around with paint, but it wasn't until high school where I really gave it serious thought. Okay. How about for you? Um,
1: well, for me, it was when I got out of the service, um, you know, it, it was hard. It's, it's hard when you're 20, 23 years old and, you know, you have so much responsibility. That's just thrown on you and then you get out and i mean i couldn't even get a job as a receptionist because no one wanted to hire me and i'd be like well i don't understand because i just was in the service and i was you know charge of millions of dollars worth of equipment and charge of soldiers and now i can't even get a simple job and so it was hard to find like where my next move was and what what, where i was going to fit in and so i ended up going to school and i had to take an art class because i was just going for um my basic associates and I don't know something just stuck like it it made sense to me it was enjoyable it was challenging and I'm like well let's let's see where this goes and so I started doing more art classes and started getting an art degree and then at that time too I was really starting to get heavily tattooed I mean I was going once or twice a week just getting blasted I mean and so at that point, that's when I was like, you know, let's let's kind of try this. this I, you know, I like everything about tattooing. I like getting tattooed. I like the atmosphere of the shops that I was getting tattooed in. I mean, it was it just it it felt like another kind of brotherhood, which was easy for me to connect with, especially with getting out of the service. So um, that was it. You know, I got an apprenticeship, got some machines, and I really haven't looked back. It hasn't been easy, but it's definitely been rewarding. So.
0: It it's, it definitely had that appeal to me the culture, especially in middle school. You know, especially when I got into high school, I can remember thinking like, "Man, these are the type of people that I would like to hang out with. These are interesting people to me. Why are they doing this? What's the yeah. reasoning behind it like?" And then just more so that decorative for for what it's worth. You know, right. meaning or no meaning, it didn't matter to me. It was I looked at it as art from an early early on point where I think most people when they saw tattoos. You know even in the early 90s and you know, they're becoming more accepted but they still had that stigma attached to them of like uh well, was, that's not a good thing it was the
1: biker gangs and military that's that's who we're getting tattooed yep. and it's definitely crazy how far you know how it's come how much of the millennial population has a tattoo yeah i think it's almost to the point where it's rarer that someone doesn't have a tattoo than someone who does so I mean,
0: I agree with that.
1: Even my mom, she cried when I got my first tattoo. She literally (laughs) slapped my tattoo and cried and said, what did you do to your body? And now she has a half sleeve. So it's, it's just, it's, it's been very interesting in the last eight years that I've tattooed to see how much the culture around the U S and how much tattooing in Minnesota
0: has changed
1: also as well. So
0: yeah, it's changed significantly. Um, especially in the past, I would say, five years, 10 years for sure. I mean, so you've been tattooing for a while. How long have you been
1: at, have you had Ink Tailor for?
0: Uh, I opened up this shop in 2003, okay. July of 2003.
1: So I guess in between then and now, I mean, what's changed the most in, in your opinion?
0: That's a hard one. I mean, it's all, give me a second to think about this. What has changed the most? Or, or, I, or let me rephrase
1: that. Let's broaden it. I mean, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? And- oh, the,
0: the biggest changes are, I think, the, if I had to pick one, if I, going back to your original one, if I had to pick one, I would say... Gun to your head. The, the, yeah.
1: <laughs> Got to answer it now.
0: <laughs> um, I would say it's the, the knowledge base of clients. That would be the biggest change. And you know, due to the explosion of technology, the explosion of the information that 's available to everybody now, yeah, absolutely I mean, we all have libraries in our fucking pockets, and it burns me up sometimes because it 's like I, I see people with a library in their pocket, and you know they 're not using it, but the biggest change I would have to say, and kudos to tattoo clients. Um, you know, they're, they've done their research. They've been doing their research. People are, have become w- much more knowledgeable than shit even 10 years ago. Um,
1: yeah, yeah I, I mean, I would even say even, you know, as much as people love and hate it, Ink Master has definitely put tattooing into the mainstream household. And, yeah. you know, people definitely now have a better sense of what something good should be. But at the same time, I think they get some unrealistic expectations because of that show. Um,
0: Yep. I mean, with, with the good comes the bad, you know, that balance, Um, the, the obvious thing, you know, is the artwork, you know, the tattooing, you know, the, the standards have gotten so much better. But at the same time, I think a lot of, a lot of stuff has been lost. Um, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, the quality in which, you know, the tattoos arrive in. And it, it's almost like that you, we're seeing more and more tattoos arrive that look amazing and, and really cool. And the photos are, are done really well. And then when you see the tattoo in real life, it doesn't look as good as the photo.
1: It's like it washed off in the shower.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: and I almost feel like some of that's being attributed. I I call it the puppy mill complex where... You're just firing out these apprentices. It's yeah. like you have somebody who runs a shop. They have an apprentice. For so some reason, their relationship turns south. So then that once that apprentice gets licensed, they're off to make their own shop. And then, then now they have an apprentice. And so it's... It's
0: a copy of a copy. Of yes,
1: a copy. exactly. So we're, we're just breeding all these apprentices. And, yeah. and the market's getting saturated with... With people who have little experience and they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a blanket statement that's true across the board because there's people who have been tattooing two, three, four years and they're doing phenomenal work.
0: Yeah. Usually because they've had excellent guidance. Right. But I mean, if
1: you have someone teaching you who's fresh out of their apprenticeship opposed to some crusty, hard headed person who's been tattooing for 25, 30 years, I mean you're generally going to see a difference in Absolutely. the quality of their apprenticeship and their knowledge. So
0: It's going to show through the work, right? generally. so. And hopefully down the road with more episodes, if, if you are listening to this and you are an apprentice and you feel you might be not in the best of situations or you start taking a good hard look at the person's work that's training you and taking a good hard look at your work and being honest with yourself, you know, we might be able to offer up some information, or hopefully point people in a a, a better direction, right? At some point,
1: yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, we definitely have talked about you know, kind of doing a tips and tricks, or you know, we we have social media and email set up that we'll definitely plug at the end of this. But I mean, we definitely want to get questions from everybody. I mean. If you're thinking about getting a tattoo and you you know you have some questions or you're just too afraid to necessarily walk into a shop, because um, let's be honest, some shops can be intimidating. Yeah. Some people are assholes out there in the tattoo land, oh. and you know I've been into shops where even as an artist I go into a shop and they treat me like an asshole, and it's it, it's not a good feeling. And you know honestly I I don't do business with people like that because. At the end of the day money is the most powerful thing we have when it comes to tattooing so yeah. you know spend it somewhere that someone's gonna treat you right and give you what you
0: need but yeah perfect example just recently somebody who came in here and wanted to know if we wanted to be part of an art show and just thanked me for being open to it and nice about it and i was like okay yeah i mean that's, why wouldn't i i mean you're offering me a chance to be part of something that
1: it's free exposure yeah
0: you know, and then hearing about the other shops that this person went into that are local that were pretty abrasive, you know, I mean that's that's a little bit disheartening.
1: Yeah, and it's I don't I don't know if people realize that it's very easy to ruin your name in this industry. I mean Minnesota's a small state the way it is. Tattooing's even a smaller community within the state. So it doesn't take very long no. for you to have a bad rap. Nope. And it's it's unfortunate because once you have that stigma, you'll probably almost never shake it, unless you move out of state. I mean, so it's—I don't understand why people have to have this rock star kind of personality. Like, you should be honored to get tattooed by me.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, we we have what, in my opinion, would be considered the best job in the world. You know, I mean, we if not the easiest most fun job in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's definitely stressful.
1: Absolutely. There
0: there is that point to it, but all in all when at the end of the day, it's it's an amazing job. And you get it's very rewarding.
1: Paid to make art and, yeah. you know, make people laugh and talk shit all day at work and yep. it's, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> and give somebody that they're going to be give somebody something <laughs> that they're going to be extremely happy with for the rest of their life. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that
0: that to me that's the goal. So, and I would
1: hope that that that's the goal for everybody out there is to make their client happy. So, but I mean, getting back to your apprenticeship.
0: Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> what was it like? What did I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was a it was a treat. It was a real treat. Um, everything from going and picking up laundry to walking dogs to cleaning cars to man, yeah. You can imagine. It was, a, it was a treat. It was a real treat. I, I learned how to make needles and solder needles, and before I even got to play with a tattoo machine, I had to learn how to put needles together.
1: How long was your apprenticeship?
0: It, it was about three years. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I, it, things went south because the owner couldn't keep it together he took advantage of the situation he was in he took advantage of me um financially and time-wise and uh he ended up self-destructing and I decided to leave and it was either you know go and get a whole new apprenticeship and start from square one or I had it in my head that I could potentially travel the world and get tattooed by people who I really looked up to or a couple people that I really looked up to and try to ask all the questions that I never got answers to from the past three years and do my own thing and start over that way. Pick their brain. Yes. And that seemed like the better path to me at the time. You know, I mean, I I was only 21 going on 22. Um, But I, I took it. I took a gamble and I think it paid off. I think I I think that's
1: one of the best ways to learn I mean aside from having your apprenticeship where you're going to get your basic foundation on okay this is how you apply a clean line this is how you properly saturate this is how you shade you know whatever but I think there comes a point where you kind of see where you want to go in tattooing as far as like stylistically wise, like I want to do traditional or I want to do realism. And then I think once you figured that out, then paying money to get tattooed by these people you look up to is, is probably the next best step in learning, you know what to do because them skills that that artist does will directly
0: translate to the style that you want to do. I agree with that. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it didn't take me, too long to figure out what I wanted to do, and even in my apprenticeship, the guy who was teaching me told me specifically to stay away from portraits and realism. And that was what I had been painting and drawing all throughout school. Taboo land. I mean? Yeah, I just I, I always gravitated towards faces and realism and a little bit of surrealism. Um, I always really enjoyed traditional tattoos and tattooing, but I never it it just didn't grab me the way realism did right and and how far you can stretch realism and tattoos uh so when I found uh Robert Hernandez through Paul booth's website, and I used to be a, a member on his forums, okay, the last rights forums yeah it's um, it was
1: it's kind of interesting how all these big name artists had their own little forums, yes, yeah. and you, you just hear about them and it's I, mean, I think Reed Street Forum was another one that yep. I think Seth Safiri and all those guys I think grime was on there as well um but yeah it it's I'm sad I missed that. I was a little after that, but it's it 's kind of cool how they had their own little kind of subculture that ran through their websites or whatever
0: yeah. yeah it was it was neat it was like it was really it really was underground you know i mean it, it's still even though it was on the internet you know i I remember I emailed Robert for almost a year and got no response, and I had some clients out in California that brought me out there to do some tattooing for him, and the there was a tattoo convention going on out there in Sacramento at the time. And I saw on the list he was going to be there. So I went there with just the intentions to try and meet him and talk to him to set up an appointment. And the guy who – there there was a, a super long line. Everybody ran inside. The guy who got to his booth first was like, hey, I want to get a full sleeve. You know, I figured like, fuck, I'm not even going to get a chance to talk to this guy, you know, let alone even have the opportunity to get tattooed by him. Right. And I heard him, you know, I was eavesdropping, you know, I heard him. He said, yeah, you know, full sleeve, I want this, this, and this. And I could kind of tell he was half interested in the project, you know. He was kind of shooting, like, man, this has to be exactly like this. And the minute he said, oh, and I want to do it in full color, Robert declined to do the the tattoo. And he was like, okay. And the guy just gave up just like that. He just walked away, and I was like, holy shit. Then you
1: got bright-eyed and bushy tail Yeah, it was just there he was, <laughs> standing right in front of me, and I was
0: like, okay, I've been emailing this guy for a year. I don't think I'm going to be put in this situation again. The time is soon. now. Yeah. And he was like, what do you want? And I was just going to say a few minutes of your time. But the, before I could say anything, else, I was like, whatever you want to do. You know, <laughs> that was it. And that's how I ended up with uh, Brad Pitt on my shin as Achilles.
1: He really loves Brad Pitt.
0: Apparently. <laughs> but uh, it it was worth it, though. I mean, it was worth uh, the entire, I sat the entire day. I don't know how I made it through a seven hour session on my shin sitting in a plastic chair, but I watched everything he did. And, you know, he was fucking awesome, man. He answered every question I threw at him. And I, I don't think he wanted to, but he still did. Cause he didn't know who the fuck I was. Right. You know, I mean, he, well, I,
1: I'm sure he was happy that a, you were letting him do what he wanted to do. And B, you were spending time and money with him. So yeah. it's, I mean, at that point, you know, he, he doesn't owe it to you, but no. it, it's the gentlemanly thing to do is to just, you know, answer some questions. And
0: he was a gentleman. Right. He definitely was. Yeah. He, nobody owes anything to you. I mean, he could have, he could have just said like, ah, whatever. No, could put his know.
1: headphones on and yeah. tuned you out.
0: <laughs> and I, and on top of it, you know, I mean, he, he spoke English, but it was, it was still tough to, you know, it was hard to understand some of what he was saying, but, he even he he had more patience with me, I think than he probably wanted to have or should have had.
1: So, I can only imagine you were firing questions off like a gatling yeah, gun yeah, just. Was,
0: i am sure i was I was a little bit much. I'm sure I poured it on a little much,
1: but i mean I mean we've all been there we we've been around artists we look up to and really respect their work, and yeah. it's you're right, you don't know if you're ever going to get that time again, and so you just. You know, you just get it all, get everything out you can, and yeah. ho- hopefully you don't look too fangirly when you're doing it.
0: Well, but by the end of it, I mean, you know, we kind of figured out we we enjoyed the same music, we we enjoyed the same classical artists. Right. Um, you know, I think he was shocked that I had gigantic posters of um, the Caravaggio replications in my house. You've seen them, yeah. You know, I mean, it, just weird shit that most tattooers wouldn't be into or at least at that point in time, you know, the majority. But I knew other tattooers that, that were, and they, they also did the same style of artwork that I really enjoyed looking at. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, you know, he, he invited me to come and get tattooed by him again. I was thrilled, and I, I essentially got tattooed by him for about six years straight.
1: Did you ever bring up to him that you were trying to email him for a year and got no response? Yeah,
0: later What on, did he say? Yeah, later on. we, we were joking. He, 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 and I understand now, you know. I mean, he telling me he he was like I I, I got so many emails. He it gets the so cracks. Yeah, he he just said he didn't know what to do. You know, he tried to answer as many as he could, but with the amount of traveling that he was doing, you know, I I can only imagine. He didn't have a manager. He didn't he's doing everything by himself.
1: I was I was going to say that I I can imagine that's why some of these artists nowadays start getting managers or getting Absolutely. secretaries to to handle it. And yeah, because at the end of the day, it it not only frees up time for the artist, but you know, it's it's more respectful to the client to send them an email back saying, "Hey, you know, it's not something I'm interested in," than to just ghost them. Because I mean, yeah, no no one likes being ghosted. No. Nope. So,
0: but I still even even still, you know, I mean, I'll I'll answer you know i'll answer emails and if it's not something that i know that i'm going to be into doing i'll help them find an artist obviously right one
1: that's one thing i've always kind of respected about you is you will talk to anyone i mean how many times at conventions do people just come up and shoot the breeze you know when i talk to other artists and tell them where i work they're like oh yeah adam he always talks to me or he he, uh, he's always answered my questions when i've gone to talk to him so it's 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 a good thing and we definitely need more people like that in tattooing, because
0: I, I remember what it was like on the other, the flip side. Yep. you know, like you ask somebody a question, like "Who the fuck are you? Why do I got to tell you shit? Get the fuck out of here!" You know, I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when when you go through those situations, you can either continue that kind of kind of mentality like well no one helped me so fucking i'm not helping anyone or or you know to me the better option is to to do the opposite if if you didn't appreciate it then why don't you exactly spread the love and do the good things
0: exactly no no i appreciate it now man that's why uh, i'll try and do the best i can every day of the week go out of my way if i can
1: right yeah i you know i think what you put out in the world you get back so it's definitely a good thing so then after you got tattooed by him, then like I mean how how did that change your career after getting tattooed by him?
0: Oh, uh, it opened up took the took the cover off my eyes for the most part. Did it kind of help you realize
1: like hey, you know, I can do realism and make a living at it. I don't necessarily have to do this, you know, yes. line line shade color kind of yep. style tattooing.
0: Yeah, it got me out of the it getting tattooed by him really changed everything um as far as the the style that i went after for the most part but i realized that it wasn't going to be an overnight thing because the the past four years of learning how to tattoo i had been taught one singular way right i'd been taught that all you need is a single needle and a four flat shader and, you know, I, I would do some tattoos, and it would be like, wow, this is amazing. And then I would try and do the tattoos that I wanted to try and do, and it would just, it, everything would fall apart. It would right. look terrible. You know, I mean, it, it was it, it was like a, being on a teeter-totter. You know, one day you're up, next day you're down.
1: And I think it comes back to having the right tools for the job, you
0: know. When, Absolutely.
1: When all you're doing is lining color shade.
0: Yeah, and especially when you have the guy teaching you telling you that you don't need anything else. This is all you need. right? You know, you get get that put in your head when you're 18 years old. You're fresh out of high school. And this is the first experience that you've had with anything where it's like, this must be it. This must be the way, you know. And then getting out there and you realize, like, holy shit. There is a whole nother fucking universe to this. There's a whole nother universe that I've never heard of or never, you know. And eventually... Being into science fiction and watching sci-fi movies, I, I kind of figured eventually all the all the information would be put out online at some point in time in the future, but not in a, a short enough timeline to where I would be able to grasp it. Right. Um, and, you know, hence the traveling. And then I, that just that pushed me to do more traveling, to get more information, talk to more people, um, listen to what they had to say about their experiences. Um, what did they like to tattoo with? Why did they like to tattoo with it? how do, How does ink a stack up to ink b ten years down the road? you know what i mean it's the it's the questions that that you can only answer with time and experience versus what did you learn in the last year? you know what i mean like yeah. there there are those ten to twenty the the two decade old questions as I like to call them where it's like if i can if I can sit down and talk to somebody and ask them questions that would have a, a span of two decades it's like what's that worth you can't right you can't look that up on the internet no you know you have to
1: and and to me the why question is the most important because i mean you can talk to someone and say do you like those needles yes okay but it's like why do you like those needles you know what are you what are you finding that those needles do better than these needles so to me when it, when i have the opportunity to pick people's brains like I'm always asking why and then I like to take that kind of information and then go back and tattoo and kind of reassess like okay you know they like these ones because they say that it does this better am I noticing that I'm having an issue with that in my work and then you know if if I am then say okay well let's try this see if it's working so because I think you get to a point where you really have to critique what you're doing and what you don't like about your work because then your eyes are open to finding solutions for that problem.
0: So absolutely, um, being on just being honest with yourself,
1: r- right? Because I mean, I can remember as an apprentice, I'm like looking for this magical liner that's going to put everything in so easy. But it, it's like in reality, I didn't know what the what the fuck I was doing. So now that I know what I'm doing, I you know I can know what I'm looking for and and um know what you know try to find a solution for that problem so the why question i know absolutely right
0: i i agree 100 percent with that it's that that information hearing that from people you know especially when you're sitting down and talking to somebody you know when it's not like i said you know i mean what i meant by the the you can't look it up on the internet thing is it's just text on a screen there's nothing behind it. Right. You know, you can type out whatever you want, you can send a text message. Yeah, you can,
1: there's no emotion.
0: But it loses everything. You know, I mean, and you know as well as I do when you ask somebody like how did you like using that tight five liner from so and so's company? Right. And they could say it like this, and if it's text online, you're gonna read it as It was great. I really liked it. I enjoyed how it laid the lines in, I enjoyed how the ink float off yada yada yada
1: well and if it's coming straight from a manufacturer's website of course they're gonna hype their shit up yeah everything's gonna be new age or stainless steel or the sharpest needles and so it's
0: or or you can hear it from from the person you know and they say you know what i really liked it man like it was a solid made product yada 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 and they could go on and on about it and you're gonna take a lot away even even if it was a bad experience you're still gonna take more away from it talking to somebody in person i think
1: So when, in your eyes, did you see the um, realism trend really start to take off? Like, was it, I mean, when you went and got tattooed by Robert, was it still kind of in its infancy or was it kind of like at that point where it's breaking through the door and it's, it's going, you know, full hog now?
0: I remember being in high school and seeing a gentleman by the name of Tom Renshaw. Uh, get some of his work published in tattoo magazines. And it was some of the most astounding realism, wildlife, and portraiture that I had ever seen. One of them he did a Bruce Lee. Uh, He did another one of this elk bugling. uh, One of a a bear in the woods. And it it knocked my socks off. And then a few years later, I read an interview with him, and he was talking about what he used and how he used it. And it was kind of the first time I ever had any insight into... Like wow, you can tattoo like this. This really does work, and it heals, and it holds up, and it looks pretty good for a decent amount of time. Right. Um, and that was before, you know, man, that was before 2000. Okay. So that was you know, that was more than 20 years ago, because I didn't, you know, I got my apprenticeship in 2000, and then uh, yeah, just finding out about Paul Booth in his stuff you know his stuff obviously i gravitated towards his stuff right away you know it was just yeah i thought it was super cool it was dark you know it was metal it was Like, holy shit
1: so did you grab the first apprenticeship that became available to you or did you kind of like seek this guy out personally because you were somewhat like attracted to his work it
0: was the it was the first uh, i went to so many places in minnesota that it, it got to be ridiculous And the last place I wanted to go get an apprenticeship was the place I ended up at. Right. Because we used to, there used to be a place called the slab. It was a little slab of concrete that used to be a building that was destructed. But the slab of concrete was still there. So we filled it up with jumps, rails, a quarter pipe, a box. And we would skate there all fucking day long, all summer long. And this tattoo shop was right next to it, and it it was one of those things where it was just like, "Ooh, man, it's a little scary to go in there." You know, one day I think when we were about fifteen or sixteen, we got the balls to go inside, and he, like, the guy who I ended up apprenticing under was there. He was the owner then, and he was the owner up until I left. And I remember we walked in there and he he looked at everybody. He goes, None of you fucks are of age. Get the fuck out of here. You know, we're like, Oh shit. You know, this gnarly Sorry. fucking tattooed guy, you know, <laughs> a fucking pit bull in one corner or a fucking German Rottweiler in the other corner. He's got a shotgun by the, you know, it was just. It was like something that you would see out of a fucking movie. It's but a
1: hard it nosed tattoo was, shop.
0: Yeah, it was real life. You know, fucking motorcycles out front. It was just, it was one of those places where we're like, Oh shit, you know, like. And he even came over to the slab at one point because somebody had plugged in an extension cord into the strip mall that it was in, so we could cut wood to make more stuff. And he came over. It's like I'm going to let the the building owner know I should start charging you little shits to use the electricity. This is going to go on my. It just it was it was so crazy, you know. Like so, I knew he was there, but that was the last place that I went to. Okay. Uh, all the other places, basically, they said no they just they they were generally polite about it a couple places were a little bit harsh but when i when i went to his place um not only did he say no the first time but he gave me the reaction that i had already experienced from him prior so it didn't didn't really scare me cuz i kind of you well, knew it was coming yeah i kind of already figured you know like i i walked you, in the door and you know i fucking i was green you know i didn't know I, I didn't bring any drawings or paintings with me i just I showed up like a fucking asshole and I was like, hey, I'm interested in getting an apprenticeship. You know, I'm thinking about it now. It's like I would have done the same thing to myself. But so he kicked me out the first time and I came back the second time and I I was like, hey, you know, I'm really serious. And he didn't even let me finish. You know, he he was like, oh, fucking you again. I remember you get the fuck out of here. And I was like, but I'm really serious. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And he just kind of laughed at me. He's, he's like, you don't want this. Get the fuck out. So I, I, you know, I left, and I was, I was pretty defeated at this point because everywhere I had gone basically told me to leave. And uh, I, I went home, and it, I think my, my dad had asked me, like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, it's just not working out. And he was like, he's like, you should bring that Obi-Wan Kenobi oil painting in. And I was like, fuck, I haven't been bringing in any of my artwork. Why, why didn't I think about this in the first place? Because right. nobody told me. No, right. No, you know, there was no information like, oh, bring your art with. Well,
1: it's, it's not like nowadays where you can you yeah. know, go online and be like, hey, I'm trying to find an apprenticeship. What should I You've do? You've got the library. Now. Right, right.
0: So I, I, brought, um, I brought a couple of sketches and I brought that oil painting. And I, I'll never forget this, man. I, I went in there with that oil painting. I had it in a garbage bag. You know, just to protect it. Like, oh, Garbage bag full community. of clothes. <laughs> so I, I walk in, and he's tattooing somebody, and like I can see the look on his face because he recognized me immediately. He fucking his face turned red. I was like, oh fuck, and he just he stopped tattooing and he took a big deep breath, and right before he started to say haven't you learned your fucking lesson cuz the words were coming out of his mouth i pulled the painting out and i held it up and i said i wanted to show you this i painted this and it like the the look on the person's face he was tattooing was like what the fuck is happening like what the fuck is going on like what the fuck like but i looked at his face and his jaw was on the floor and he kind of just looked at it for a minute, looked at me, and then he, he was pretty good at getting back into the badass mode where right. uh, he, he, was, he was like, bring that in here, let me see that. You know, and I brought it up to him. The eyes are shit. <laughs> he, he was looking at it and looking at it, and he said what most people said at the time. He was like, you painted this? I said, yeah. He goes, when did you paint this? I was like, last year in high school. He goes, how old are you? And I was like, 18. He was like, you painted this by hand. I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Somebody else didn't paint this?" I was like, "No, I painted this." He's like, "Huh. Come back Monday." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> what he, time? <laughs> and he goes he goes he goes, "No, leave me the fuck alone." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." So I left and then uh I yeah, I came back that Monday and um by that time I kind of figured like, "Okay, I better just put my foot forward." And take the first steps without him asking or saying anything. <clears throat> so I came in that Monday and the first thing I did was started mopping the floors. And right away he was like, this is going to work out. Well, I think in that kind of era, it
1: was very much, uh, how bad do you want it? You yeah. know, what, what are you going to do for me that I'm going to allow you into this kind of community and, and, you know, basically pull back the curtain for you. So, yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I remember being so fucking excited. Like, I couldn't, like, I was so happy. You know, I I didn't even care he was swearing at me or, you know, talking shit to me or belittling me. You know, I was just like, I got it. I fucking got it. Like, I've got my foot in the door. That's all I could think was, like, I fucking got it. Like, it didn't even dawn on me at that time, like, this is the last fucking place I should go and get an apprenticeship at. You know, I mean.
1: Well, I think at that point, too, you know you're a persistent person. So it's like, you're not going to give up. Yeah. So it's like, okay, fuck you. I won. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, did you know you did not win?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I did and I did. not I got a great life lesson on what not to do and how not to run a, a tattoo studio, you know, because it, within the next two years, I was basically running that place by myself. I was cutting the checks. I was putting money in his bank account for him. He was never there, you know, and then I, one day I had a real good wake up call and maybe at some point in time, I'll talk about it more on the right. podcast, but I just decided like, okay, I, I should be running this for myself if I'm putting in this much time and right. effort. like this should, this should be me because I'm not getting anything but put down for this. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, after, you know, I think anywhere, any job after a certain point when you realize you your uh skills and assets aren't aren't being appreciated or valued then it's definitely time to move on because i think if you end up staying you're just gonna start caring less and less and it's gonna end up showing in your work so, absolutely
0: yeah and there did come a point yeah. towards the end where i really question myself in terms of i don't think this is what i want to do for the rest of my life Right. Because it wasn't what I had in mind. Yeah. You know, what I had in mind was I should be able to get into tattooing and kind of make it my own thing Mm -hmm. that I can do for me and for other people. But through his eyes, it was like, this is a business. You're here to make the fucking money. It doesn't fucking matter what you think. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If somebody wants something, you're going to fucking put it on them. You're going to get paid and you're going to go home.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, uh, it's very much the, you know, sit down, shut up, get your tattoo yep. and rinse and repeat for the next person. Yeah.
0: And that, if I would have kept on that path, I would have been burnt out and there's no way I would be sitting here talking about tattooing today.
1: Absolutely. I, at the same time though, I think that it is very beneficial for young artists to have that experience because it's an easy way to get your chops up. I mean, Absolutely. You, you need repetition. You need time in time in the chair, you know, hammering out them little stupid designs. I mean, every decade they seem to change, but they're all they're it's all, all the same.
0: it's all the same. Yeah, um, they're Tasmanian devils and barbed wire. They're Tasmanian devils and barbed wire. Right. It's tribal and uh mandala piece. It's tribal and a mandala. It doesn't matter. And
1: part of, part of me feels that some of that's lacking today. You know, I think people get in and right away they're A custom tattoo artist, and and, but it's like you can tell it shows in the work, right? Like you can tell they can't do a clean line, and it's like if you were sitting there doing all that lettering or Tasmanian devils and and barbed wire, you would have the basic skill set to do it. So
0: it definitely builds a extremely solid foundation for the basics: lining, shading, solid fill, builds character. And And you're definitely right about that. You know, I mean i take a good look at what's out there and when you get up close on stuff you can either see it's a nice solid line or it's chicken scratch and it looks like chicken scratch you know and and you're right it comes from that repetition you know working in a street shop for a few years is gonna help absolutely i mean i
1: bounced around for the first oh man um four years i mean i was in minnesota and then i moved out to washington state and you know looking back that that really set me back because it's like here i was thinking i was going out there to learn and have this awesome opportunity but it's like really i lost any sort of clientele that i was starting here and you know starting had to start up back there and then i came back and lost that so it's it's tough but you know when i came back and really started tattooing minnesota i worked in a street shop and you know, that's where I saw a lot of my improvement was just repetition. I mean, I it shows, at,
0: shows in your work, too, right, shows, especially I, in your line work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I worked at a street shop for probably a little over two years and I was burnt out. I mean, I, I had enough. You, you know, you have the same conversations daily. I think most of the time people go to sh- street shops to get that uh, instant gratification tattoo that they need to have that day. And so they don't really care or think about the lasting effects of it. Like, hey, this is gonna look like a big pile of turd on you in, you know, six to eight years. But I mean,
0: everybody's got that starting point, right? Clients and artists alike. You know, well,
1: and, and at the end of the day, you know, looking back, you know, apprentices need people like that. The tattoo industry needs people like that, absolutely, because if you don't have it, you're just you're not going to be able to to you know build that clientele and put out you know crazy quality work in the future so
0: what would you say the best part of um your learning experience was when you first started tattooing Mm. or the most beneficial i mean mine, mine was obviously getting out there and traveling and getting getting tattooed by the people who I really looked up to, I think made the biggest difference that was most beneficial for me.
1: I think the most beneficial thing for me was actually having return clientele. And I'll say that because you can really understand what you did in the skin and the effects of it, what it's going to have when you actually see it healed Um, because you can hide a lot in a photo you can hide a lot in um especially if you make them super dark <laughs> and you can hide a lot just the skin hides a lot i mean yeah. you you do black and gray and it looks like it's saturated and it comes back and lo and behold something's missing so um but i think you know working in that high volume street shop and cranking out these tattoos and then seeing them come back um That's what really kind of like opened my eyes up, especially when it came to lining because people would come back and line work is like raised and scarred. And I'm like thinking to myself, they didn't leave with like scars on their arms. So it definitely was a humble, uh, you know, a slice of humble pie and sucks. No one wants to see a tattoo come back shitty. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, you need a couple of those to really understand what you're doing and how it affects the skin. So
0: Keeps keeps you grounded. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely keeps you grounded. Yeah,
1: yeah. keeps your feet on the ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even I mean even even that street shop experience, you know, is as it was for me and as it was for you, you know, I mean I I can't say it enough. Like it really it does set the tone for the future work that you do.
1: Absolutely. And I mean you I don't know I've just just seen a lot of artists and been around a lot of artists that get upset about doing that type of work they think it's below them and they're they're above that but to me in my experiences like I needed that in my life and I think a lot of people need that in their life and they should just you know it's not I'll tell you right now it's not the most mentally stimulating work it is not the most gratifying work um but it 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 shapes and builds who you are so
0: no yeah. Oh, yeah i mean it, it was how we had the uh, the past friday the 13th walk in day you know i haven't done that in a while right. that that was nice that was good you know it's like okay
1: well especially for someone like you who's doing i would say what 75 to 85 if not higher percent multiple session pieces like large you're, scale yeah you're yeah. never doing one and doneers yeah very rarely, very rarely. so yeah, I mean, I mean,
0: if I can sneak somebody in at the end of the night and I'm still, like, I'm 100% on the ball, let's do this. Like, right. I love doing little tiny tattoos. I mean, it's just, it's tattooing. It's fucking, it's awesome. It's fun, you know? But you're right. I mean, it's, I, I do miss that gratification of, like, wham, bam, thank you, man. Right. There it is. There, there's a tattoo, a completely nicely done, finished tattoo.
1: And I think, too, like, at least for me it was like i got burnt out and then i like you know was trying to search for like the next step in my career but now when i go back and do like friday the 13th stuff or you know go guest spot at a shop and just take all nothing but walk-ins it's 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 one of those like okay i remember i remember what was good about this and then when the weekend's over it's like i remember what i didn't like about it so it, it's definitely it's it's definitely fun to do stuff like that again cuz it's like okay, you know, look how far I've come or you know, look, is it a look good where reset. I, yeah, it's good litmus. Yeah. Good litmus, good reset to yep. to just rem- I don't know, just remember what tattooing is all about and why why I got into it and I think that's that's a good thing is to remind yourself of, you know, what initially drew you to it cuz it's it's very easy to get lost in this career. Absolutely. It's very easy to get off track. It's very easy to um lose yourself so i think doing stuff like that is definitely definitely fun
0: no that's that's one of the things that i love like what you said at the beginning here is where we've kind of gone in opposite directions from where we started you know like how when i started i was building and tuning all of my machines um you know i had i had to learn how to make all my like everything i could do everything uh, you know, people at one point in time were bringing me machines to to tune for them. You know, they get a little out of whack, and as right. we discussed before, you know, sometimes it was as simple as cleaning the fucking machine itself, cleaning right. up the contacts, just point. basic TLC. It's like, hey, nothing's wrong with your machine. You just need to fucking keep it clean. Or that six
1: month of carbon buildup is slowing you down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I had people bring the machines with rubber bands on them still and grommet, and I'm like, hey, uh, you want to take your machine back and clean it? Thanks. <laughs> you know, it's just like, holy shit. Like, and it just goes, it points more towards the, you know, really take a good, long, hard look at who you're learning from. Right. And their habits and the work that they're doing and ask yourself, do you want to become like that person? Because rest assured, you will take a part of that person with you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even in the military, they. You know, everyone would say, oh, you know, you're going to end up like how your first leader was. And it's true because, you know, if you're brought up with that kind of style and mentality, then that's what you're going to perpetuate. And it, it definitely takes a very, um, I don't know if I want to say open-minded, but, you know, someone who's very aware of themselves to know, like, okay, this is how I was brought up. This was w- what was good from it. This is what was bad from it. And and to kind of kind of adjust and tweak because... A lot of people especially in the military they would just you know they'd get in that set that that kind of skill set and comfort zone and that's where they would stay their whole career and you could just be like yep that was that guy's soldier that was that guy's soldier so um, but i think as an artist you have to be self-aware if you want to make progress and grow in this career and grow as an artist i think you really have to be able to sit down and just tear your work apart and say okay what don't i like about it and And what do I like about it? And where, where do we go from here? So I think some people it's, some people just want the good, good feeling of, oh, I killed this and killed that and killed this, but they don't want the, the, this is where you suck kind of part. So,
0: yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of stuff that we touched on today, we're going to definitely be able to go in depth in on more episodes. Uh, again this being our first episode and we're already 55 minutes in which seems like we've been talking for about 10 minutes here we we haven't really begun to scratch the surface. i don't feel
1: no i think you know it's kind of just a simple jumping off point and it's definitely easy to get sidetracked and you know go on different tangents so um but i think at this point we should probably plug what we need to plug and put uh Put a bow on it and uh, save it for next time. Um, do you want to do the plugs first? Do you want me to?
0: Go right ahead.
1: Okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's going to be at Art. It's spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T as in Tom, dot art um, All my work's on there. Contact info's on there. Uh, yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, if you want to get tattooed you want to see who i am what i do that'd be the easiest way to do it um, i'm excited for this podcast we've been talking about it for a while so um i guess if you're a minnesota-based artist and you know want to come on here and talk to us uh, you can get a hold of us at uh what is it laymarca tattoo podcast laymarca podcast Marca Podcast uh at gmail.com it's spelled l-e m a r c a podcast dot com or at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, yeah, I work with Adam up here at Ink Taylor, so if you guys ever want to come say hi, stop in.
0: Yeah, everybody's more than welcome to to stop by as long as the doors are open and we're here. I mean, it says appointment only on the front doors, but when we're here, we do keep the doors open for people yep. to come in and check out the gallery and just to stop by and say hi. We're 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 pretty friendly.
1: Yep. Especially your ring donuts.
0: Michael loves donuts.
1: D- donuts make me go nuts.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, we, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this intro episode. Um,
1: How do they find you, knucklehead?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually around planet Earth uh, doing one thing or another. Stay up late, paint stuff. Uh, sometimes I'll skateboard. Sometimes I'll play video games. But uh, you, can, uh, you can check out my stuff on Instagram. It's just, uh, InkTailor at Instagram. Pretty easy. I-N-K-T-A-I-L-O-R.
1: Yeah, you're always live streaming either on Instagram or on in Facebook. Facebook.
0: Yeah, just Adam Chido on Facebook. Uh, otherwise, just, uh, Taylor dot InkTailor.com. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. about it, realistically.
1: Well, I mean, if you made it through this whole thing, we appreciate it. Um, Definitely. Tell your friends, tell your family, uh, yeah, it should be up on all major platforms, so if you want to like and subscribe, that would be great as well. Um,
0: yeah, you, 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 the listeners, uh, eventually will dictate how long this podcast lasts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to get a hold of us through the podcast, uh, Lay Markup Podcast on Instagram. Yep,
0: Lay Podcast on Instagram so, and Lay Podcast on Twitter. All right. No Facebook.
1: Nah, we're too cool for that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. High five killed it yeah <laughs>